The Spirit of God gives us what we need when we need it. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. I hope that you are swimming in coffee this morning just like me. Great way to start the day on a Friday especially. I'm sure that all of us are uh, are beginning to uh, slide into weekend mode, and that's a good thing. And uh, so we'll try to finish well today and uh, prepare ourselves for a little rest and uh, recreation this weekend. And uh, as we prepare to head into the weekend, uh, today we will be moving on into a new part of Luke's Gospel. We're going to be in Luke chapter 12, uh, verses 1 through 12. And this section um, could kind of appear to be rather random. The teachings here uh, don't necessarily seem to fit together naturally. It's almost as though Jesus was doing a rapid-fire teaching on a variety of topics and sort of sandwiched them together. Um, But there is a continuity here as the passage uh, goes on. And there are some really, really great uh, words here. The the passage is broken down into a series of warnings and encouragements. And uh, so we'll, we'll get into the word here and kind of break down each of these little teachings and uh, see what God's Spirit has in store for us today. Um, But before we get into the Word, let's go to the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you so much, Lord God. You're faithful. Your promises to us are true. Uh, You're uh, a promise-keeping God. And we thank you, Lord, that um, every commitment you make to us, you fulfill uh, completely and perfectly. Lord, uh, we often lag behind in our commitments, Uh, We often make commitments that we don't even really intend to keep. And so, Lord, forgive us when we do that. Um, Call us to account, Lord God. Uh, Stir us up. Bring conviction in the areas of our lives where we've made commitments and we're lagging behind. Uh, We want to model our lives after your life, and we want to follow your example. And you are a God who keeps his commitments and help us keep our commitment to you and to others. Uh, Father, we pray as we prepare to study your word today that your spirit would lead us into it, uh, that you would open the door into everything that's important for us to understand, and that you would give us insight and understanding. Uh, uh, Those are truly gifts uh, from your spirit when we study your word together. Uh, We want to be able to understand it. We want to be able to apply it so that we can see your spirit's transforming work uh, alive in our hearts. We give you thanks for this day, Lord God, another day of life. What a gift it is, and we're grateful for it. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, uh, Luke chapter 12, verses 1 through 12. The majority of this passage is a red-letter section, and so we can trust, as always, that those words have been historically confidently attributed to Jesus by uh, the leaders of the church down through the generations. And so when we read those words, uh, we are reading the words of Jesus. Let's, uh, let's dig into the passage. Luke writes, Meanwhile, when a crowd of many thousands had gathered so that they were trampling on one another, Jesus began to speak first to his disciples, saying, Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. There's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed or hidden that will not be made known. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight, and what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. 
I tell you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that can do no more. But I will show you whom you should fear. Fear him who, after your body has been killed, has authority to throw you into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? Yet not one of them is forgotten by God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. I tell you, whoever publicly acknowledges me before others, the Son of Man will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But whoever disowns me before others will be disowned before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. When you are brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you will say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. (laughs) There's a lot of good teaching here, and uh, we're going to kind of do an overview today. um, As there's so much here, uh, a good preacher could spend a year breaking this passage down. But since you're stuck with me, we'll do it in 15 minutes. How about that? (laughs) Um, Jesus begins by saying, be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees. And he defines that as hypocrisy. Hypocrisy means play acting. It means projecting something that you're not. Uh, Means being one thing outwardly and a whole other thing inside uh, deep within your heart. And uh, hypocrisy is a form of lying, right? It's both lying to the watching world and lying to ourselves. Um, But every hypocrite knows deep in their hearts who they really are. And the reality is we've all behaved hypocritically at one time or another. Jesus is talking about developing a consistent character. Uh, He goes on down further in the passage about acknowledging him before others. Uh, When we feel that tendency within to sort of hide our witness, to sort of shrink back from being that Jesus person, uh, that's a form of hypocrisy. It's a way of shrinking back in the face of having opportunities to lift Jesus up and make him known. Jesus says very clearly, whoever acknowledges him publicly before others, the Son of Man will acknowledge before the angels of heaven. Uh, But whoever disowns him publicly will be disowned in heaven, disowned before the angels of God. And that whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. This is interesting. But whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. What does it mean to blaspheme against the Holy Spirit? It is to deny the Holy Spirit. It is to say the Holy Spirit is nothing, is not present, is not real, is not active and alive. Um, Jesus promised the Holy Spirit in John 14 and in many other places in the scriptures preparing for his return to the Father. To blaspheme the Holy Spirit is to say the Holy Spirit isn't real, isn't God, isn't a part of the Trinity, isn't uh, got a a way of uh, impacting my life. It's to deny the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says that is a sin that cannot be forgiven. Now let's jump back up to the top. Jesus goes on after talking about hypocrisy to saying that there's nothing concealed that will not be disclosed. What he's saying is our secrets will find us out. The things that we hold in secret, the things that we think we're that we're uh, pulling off that others aren't aware of will one day be shouted from the rooftops. That ought to pause and make us wonder about the things in our lives, about our character is what we're projecting to the outside world, the reality, or is the reality wrapped in our secrets and hidden away somewhere in the shadows? 
Jesus says, beware if that's the condition of your heart. Eventually, those secrets will be shouted from the rooftops. He goes on and talks about fear. Um, He says, the person to fear is not the person who can kill your body. And we know what Paul says in his uh, letter uh, in the New Testament. He says, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Uh, the life I live in the body is no big deal. That's that's Jesus's control of that. But when I leave this spinning planet, I'm heading to the Father. So I have no fear of death. Uh, I'm living now for Jesus, and death is my gain. So Jesus confirms that same idea here. He says, don't be afraid of the person who can kill your body. Be afraid of the person who can throw you into hell. Now, the fear that he's talking about as it relates to that is the fear of reverence. It's reverence and respect. Deeply respect the one who has the authority uh, to throw you into hell. Jesus says, yes, I tell you, fear him. Who's he talking about? He says, fear God, reverence God, respect God, honor God. He is the discerner of hearts. God knows, and God will be the one judging at the end of days. God will be the one uh, reading from the Lamb's Book of Life the names who belong in it. And so respect that one. Respect and revere that person with the power and authority of judgment in his hands. He says, yes, I tell you, fear him. Uh, Now, this is not to say the motivation for turning our hearts to God should be a fear of hell. That's a type of motivation. The best motivation is beyond God's role as judge. He is the lover of our souls. He is the God who pursues us with his love, who sent his very son to die for us, all for the sake of redeeming us into, restoring us into the relationship with himself that he created us for at the beginning of time. And so, um, yes, Fearing judgment, fearing hell is a type of motivation, I suppose. And maybe for some people that rattles them awake and moves them in the direction of God. And they grow beyond that fear-based conversion to a sincere faith in God that's born in relationship. Jesus continues here uh, talking about um, the fear of uh, life things, life events. He says, "...are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, yet not one of them is forgotten by God?" Why do you worry that God's going to forget you and, and, and overlook your needs? He says, indeed, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. God knows the number of hairs on your head. And because you're created different than I am, and you're unique, and you're uh, uh, not the same as me, the follicles of hair on your head are different than the follicles of hair on my head. And isn't that an amazing thing that God has the hairs on our head numbered? What does that say? That our God who created us knows us intimately. He knows us down to the very number of hairs on our head. We can be confident that he knows what we need. Um, And so what a beautiful promise that is. He says, don't be afraid. You're worth more than many sparrows. In Matthew 6, Jesus addresses this same issue of the fear and concerns of daily life. And he says, Why do you worry about what you'll eat or what you'll drink or what you'll wear? Uh, The body is more than clothes, and your Father knows what you need. Uh, Seek first the kingdom, and all of these things will be added to you. Jesus says, keep your eyes on the prize. Keep your focus on me. Don't let this fear of everyday things get in the way of your faith. And then we bump into his teaching there again about uh, 
publicly acknowledging him. And I wanted to tie that into the topic of hypocrisy because failing to acknowledge him is a way of being ashamed of him. If we're going to be ashamed of him, then have we really proclaimed him? Is our faith sincere? Um, And then he closes this section by saying, Uh, When you're brought before synagogues, rulers, and authorities, do not worry about how you will defend yourselves or what you'll say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you at that time what you should say. As you are in the Word, as you spend time relating to God, as you draw close to Jesus, the Holy Spirit is engaging within your soul uh, a storehouse of promises from God, a storehouse of scriptures that are written on your heart that will come to you as you need them. The Spirit will bring these things to recall as you need them. Um, and, and Jesus confirms that right here for the spirit will teach you at that time, what you should say, God will bring to your mouth, what you should say when you find yourself in a tough spot, God will bring to your mouth, what you should say when you find yourself having to defend a decision or a choice that you've made with those who might accuse you. And so if we know the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is active and alive in our hearts, then we have the full resources of God. The Spirit is working within us as we're in the Word, translating the Word into our hearts, writing it on our hearts, storing away in our minds and hearts the Word of God so that in the moment it's needed, it's there. And we often fail to trust that He's doing that. And we um, we don't realize what a tremendous resource the Holy Spirit is in our lives. We don't have to defend ourselves, my friends, when we're faced with trouble. Uh, if we're walking with Jesus and we're standing on his word and we're surrendered to him, the Spirit will come alongside and, and defend us because he will give us what we need to say. All right, my friends, may these words be of encouragement to you as you continue on with your in your journey with Jesus today. And I pray that you'll have a lovely, wonderful, and restful weekend and that God will restore you in every way as you draw close to him. Take care, God bless, and we'll get caught up again on Monday.